Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is created, the Gadigal and Bidjigal people of the Eora Nation. I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to the Ash London podcast. What's this podcast all about? Well, like life, I'm figuring it out as I go. It'll grow and evolve as I do and as you do, hopefully. I want to figure out how to keep living my best life, even when it feels like the world is imploding. It'll be a little bit messy, emotional, confronting, and hopefully we'll be able to laugh about it along the way. I'm dedicating season one to my current season of life. It's called New Mum. Who dis? Thanks to my friends at Modibody. Well, guys, I started this podcast at 35 Weeks Pregnant with the kind of loose intention of doing five episodes pre-baby and five post-baby, but my son, Buddy Ray Ryan, light of my life, best baby to ever be born, had other ideas. So his due date is actually October 12, and he arrived September 25th, and it's the weirdest feeling to see him right now in front of me, this kind of fully formed, perfectly grown little human and to think that technically he's still supposed to be inside my stomach. I'm very happy he's on the outside. The first week has been absolutely indescribable. I kind of sit there at 3 a.m. with this little human feeding. I just stare at him in awe of what my body has achieved. He's got his dad's very calm temperament and looks. In fact, so far, I really haven't got a look in whatsoever. But that's okay. My husband's very handsome, so I suppose I don't mind too much. I want to give a special shout out to all the mamas, though, in my life um, for fielding late night, early morning texts with questions like, it's 22 degrees in our room, does he need a singlet? And why are there funny seeds in his poo? By the way, it turns out the seeds are um, fat particles from breast milk. Who knew? My tribe of mamas has kind of rallied around me with support and guidance, and it's meant that I haven't had to brave too many frantic Google searches. I am so happy. Adrian's so happy. Buddy's perfect. And, um, yeah, I'm not sure I'll ever kind of wake up from this dream. Can't believe it's real. So uh, let's get into it, shall we? My friends at Modi Body returned this week as show sponsors. In fact, full disclosure, and this is probably TMI, but I'm sitting right here topless with my boobs covered in nipple balm wearing my Modi Body maternity briefs, <laughs> which I'm pleased to say afforded me a lot more dignity than the old adult nappy. Anyone who's ever birthed at a hospital knows you kind of lose all sense of dignity pretty quickly. When you're exhausted and bloated and hardly recognize your own body, there's kind of something lovely about wearing a nice pair of undies that offer support and absorbency. Modibody also offer postpartum control briefs, which provide firm tummy and lower back support, which is great when your post-birth core isn't at its best. I'm definitely guilty of that. It's kind of like shapewear, but with the added benefit of absorbing postpartum bleeding, discharge and leaks. I think it's beautiful that with the expansion of Modibody into maternity postpartum, and family products. There's now beautiful, sustainable options for all ages. Just wait till you see Buddy and his Molly Body reusable nappy. Oh, gosh, so so good. And don't forget, of course, you can use my code ASHLONDON for 15% off. 
That's a minimum spend of $100, excluding sale items, bundles, gift cards, and maxi 24 hours. If you use the code, let me know how you go. I want to see all your cool stuff you buy. All right, let's meet today's guests, because the only thing better than one mama is two mamas. Today, we welcome AFLW superstar and survivor champion Moana Hope and her wife, model Isabella Karlstrom. They live in Melbourne and are mums to a gorgeous baby sphere. And if you follow them on Instagram, you'll also be well aware of Mo's sister, Vinny, for whom both girls are carer. Vinny's hands down the biggest legend on the gram and the only Fitzball count you need to follow, trust me. These girls are hilarious. And in this episode, they'll talk about their unique and wonderful road to motherhood, their hugely different upbringings, challenges, but mostly just the laughter, which is what I love so much about this chat. Let's get into it. Thank you for having us. Of course. This is my first time having, usually I just have one mum and now it's like double trouble, ladies. Yeah, it's better than one mum too. It's true, absolutely. So um, for everyone listening who doesn't know about your little lady, tell us who she is, what her name is, how long you've had her. Uh, Well, her name is Spear and she is almost 10 months with a huge personality, um, very much marches to the beat of her own drum, and we are completely besotted. Yeah. And she is a supermodel. Like I often will slide into Mo's DMs because I'm like, <laughs> how does a child be that cute? Like, and it's not even like I, I'm not biased, so I'm not you being like, she's the cutest kid in the world. She's a supermodel baby. Yeah. she's so it's the cheeks the yes. cheeks just kill you i actually feel biased because i'm always like she's the, the cutest baby in the whole world but then i'm like i'm not even being biased it's, it's actually it's true. true no all babies are cute in their own way so you both had very different family situations growing up so mo you had a really big family isabella you had not a small family just a regular sized family yeah. Two people, two kids. Oh, wait, wait, 14 is not regular. <laughs> well, I'm Lebanese, so 14 isn't that crazy, but it no, that's a lot. That's that's a lot. Yeah, of it's a lot for anyone in any culture. <laughs> <laughs> How did you that influence your idea of parenthood and what parenthood looked like when you were little? We'll start with you, Mo, because you know, that's a big cacophony of human beings under one roof. Yeah, and I think um, for me, since I've had Sphere, I think I've learned a lot about myself and about my childhood and and what kind of mum I want to be. I, I feel like being one of 14, uh, I have come to the realisation that I missed out on a lot of love and I didn't really get that one-on-one love that I wished I had. Mm. Um, and so for me, being a mum, all I do is just love Sphere. All I want to do is kiss her. All I want to do is cuddle her. All I want to do is spend every waking minute with her. I feel like I don't look at my childhood and think, um, you know, like have any regrets on, on anything like that. I just feel like I like I know how to be the best mum I can and that's what I want to be. Did you want to be a mum? Like looking around and thinking this is crazy, did you want to be a mum? Were you like stuff this, I'm going to be the most selfish person in the world? But to be fair, I'm probably, I'm probably glad I'm gay because I probably would have ended up with 12 kids <laughs> That's how much I wanted kids. Um, so I'm glad that the, the um, IVF process is quite stretched out because I probably would have had a lot. Um, no, I've, I've always just wanted, I've wanted to be a mum forever. So I can't remember the day like that I didn't want to be a mum. So it's the greatest gift of life. Wow. If you want to, if you want it and if you, and if you can, and you have that um, opportunity to be a mum, it, it really is. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And were you the same, Isabella? Were you always like, I'm going to be a mum from a young age? 
Yeah, yeah, always wanted to be a mum, very maternal in that sense, just like to take care of people. But yeah, it, it just, it all felt right. Like I feel like I did a lot um, of traveling and got a lot of stuff out of my system quite early on. And when I came back to Australia, um, it just, it felt really right. And yeah. it's been the best thing ever here. I married her for her whim. Look at her. <laughs> Look at my baby. <laughs> I always say that baby got the looks from me, but apparently it doesn't work like that. You, I mean, it's it's kind of a joke how attractive you are and your face. Like I wish people and people really can't, can't say it's see, like the skin. I can't tell who you're talking to. I'm, I was looking at both of you at the same time, oh, but I was more so looking to your wife. You're obviously both very attractive human beings, but just like Sphere is on another, you know, it's okay yeah. to admit that some people just... Yeah, she's making me proud. Her, her family is very beautiful. Her brother's a good-looking man. Like I don't really find men attractive that often because I'm yeah. just not attracted to them. But he's bro- her brother's good. Her dad's like a hundred years old with a six-pack. <laughs> what I love dilfs. Old yeah. hot men are my favorite thing in the world. And he's and her mum. Everyone says her mum looks like her sister. Oh yeah, so. I can't go anywhere without people saying. That. Is it weird, Mo, for you to visit her family and see? I imagine the dynamic would just be so different to what you're used to. Probably a lot quieter. I'm imagining. What was it like when you first met them? Oh man, so many. So, like, oh, where do I start? Yeah, like I like you know one of the conversations I had recently with her family, with her dad, right? Was I was like, you know, how many punch ons have you been in? And he was like, none. I'm like, what? <laughs> like I'm from Bromillos. You gotta know how to fight, right? Um, you know. And then also like when I first met her parents, her parents are very um, like affectionate and loving. And they want to kiss and hug you and. Like, I never got that from my dad. Like, I never got a hug and a kiss from my dad. I know that sounds sad, but I just didn't. Yeah. Um, so when her dad first hugged and kissed me, I was like, whoa, what are you doing? <laughs> Hands oh, off, hey. crazy guy. Yeah. And even her mum, like, and, and I was just like, I don't do that stuff. And now I'm, I'm a cuddly teddy bear. With yeah. them. Um, we came from two different ends of the earth. Yeah. But I feel like that's why we kind of give each other in a weird way. But when I first met Belle, she refused to tell me that she lived in Turak. <laughs> For people who don't know, Turak is the fancy part of Melbourne. Yeah, and she and she made me drop her off once, and I feel she made me drop her off in a different suburb, but she didn't want me to know she lived in Turak because. Yeah. I didn't. My I come back from overseas and I was staying with my parents for a little while, and that's where they lived. So let's talk about overseas because at nineteen you went to India, but this wasn't yeah. just like an eat, pray, love three month thing. You like committed to it for a couple of years. So tell me what. What was the intention? How did you go staying that long? Uh, well, I was supposed to go overseas, like to take a year off uni um, and work and travel. And um, I just left Turkey and then India was next on my list to just go for three months. And I just worked like crazy over there. And I just loved the organized chaos of India. Like the people are incredible. My lifelong friends are still over there. It was exactly what I needed at that time in my life between like, you know, 20 and 25 and every day was an adventure. You were either laughing or crying at the end of it. <laughs> um, and it has honestly made me who I am today. It was incredible. And like w- with what's happening in the world now, I feel so lucky yeah. to have been able to do that. So lovely. But yeah. Mo, I imagine your experience of being kind of in your, your teens and your early 20s was quite different to that. There was no trip to India to <laughs> live your best no, life. I didn't, even, I didn't even get to leave Melbourne. 
I remember the first time I left the country when I was representing Australia to play in Ireland and um, I was with my footy team and I didn't even know that they had internet or telephones over there. So I was so worried about how I'd contact my mum. Yeah, so I actually never really had the travel bug because I never grew up with it. Like I never, we never, like we grew up in housing commission, hey, so we never thought let's go to Paris, you know, or we just thought let's get through this week. Um, Let's just just go to 18, we'll work it out from there. <laughs> it's a life. Yeah, but it wasn't until I met her and she was always on my case about traveling. And then when I eventually traveled, I was like, well, this is like the coolest thing in the world. And now, thanks to COVID, that's not happening yeah. at the moment. But I actually love it. Like, I really do. Like, I fell in love with Japan. I, I just love seeing the yeah, way different so countries and, and just the way that they do what they do. It's just so nice to see. It's just, yeah. yeah. And Japan's good for kids. We always say that we'll bring the baby when we're allowed. Like Japan will be a great first overseas trip because it's organised and clean and heaps to look at. So clean. Hey, like I've never seen rubbish, (laughs) but i also never seen bins. Was there ever a sense of resentment at all? Because from the research I've done, it seems to be that you were really a parent or a carer for other siblings um, Mm. from a pretty young age. Now, Mm. at the time, did you have a sense of, my lifestyle isn't normal or is it all you knew and that was just what we do and this is what I have to do and my responsibility? I think my entire childhood was all I knew up until I worked it out about a year and a half ago. <laughs> um, you know, I, honestly, I've been, I've been seeing a psychiatrist ever since. <laughs> but I feel like I grew up in this bubble, right? And and I like I love my mum. My mum is a walking angel. Like my mum had... 19 kids living under her roof that she cared for 19 kids like think about that and they weren't her kids either half were her kid no a quarter were her kids and the rest were my sister's kids who had nine kids each and unfortunately both um had problems with um you know alcohol and stuff like that so my mum had to adopt them all so she had 19 kids that she cared for and she worked full-time and she put food on the table for us I remember she never had a cent to her name every paycheck all the food and then she'll do that over and over so my mum is unbelievable so please don't think that I'm um when I talk about my childhood that I don't I'm not grateful because I'm the most grateful person in the world I grew up with so much care and love especially from that perspective you know we, we made it through childhood yeah. um but at the same time it was yeah it it took me not until I was having a conversation about it go oh crap that stuff is probably wasn't as normal yeah. um it's, it's funny when of, you're in your 30s and you sit down with a professional and realise that, like, you know, yeah. a lot of the stuff that happened to you growing up was a bit messed up. Like, oh, that's yeah. okay, let's unpack that. And then you you really realise. I yeah. think it also what affected me a lot was, like, also, like, that stuff also affected me. Going through that stuff also affected me playing in the AFLW, which is why I had to step away. Like, I yeah. just had so much going on that I just had to deal with, with what I was going through. But I never... I don't look back now and go, oh, man, I wish I had all that money so I could have travelled or I could have been sent to, you know, gone to India or been at a private school. Like, I, like it, they're not things that, no, but look, yeah. I'm just saying, they're not things that I grew up wanting and still now, like, I don't regret going to the school that I went to or anything like that. Um, you know, I had food on the table, I had love and I had a roof over my head and I think that's a lot. That's a lot and, and, and I'm very grateful for that. And a lot of people who live in the mansions, don't have a lot of that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, if you have those three things, I think you're, you're rich from me, from my, from my perspective. I think that makes you rich. 
So where were you both at professionally and kind of life goal wise when you first met? I had just um, come back from India. I was in a pretty emotionally and slightly physical, physically abusive relationship over there. And when that ended, I came back home, kind of came out as being bi as well and was just living my best life because I was just free of all of that finally. Um, And I was, I didn't really have any responsibilities. I was just working and having a lot of fun. Model life. Model (laughs) Model life. We could have done it if we wanted to, Mo, but we were busy doing football and radio. I was checkout chick, whatever it takes. Um, And I was playing footy for Collingwood at the time. And like the one thing that people always uh, baffled with me is I've had a full-time job since I was 17 and also I did through the AFLW. So um, female athletes don't even get paid anywhere near what they deserve to. Mm. So you can't afford not to have a job. So I was also working full-time running a company and playing footy. That's yeah, so I was doing. And, of course, I had Vinny. Yeah, you just finished the season, the first season. Yeah, it was just after the season. So it was fresh after that. Now, a lot of male footy players, you know, have partners, have multiple children, pretty different for women, obviously. Yeah. Did you girls ever have discussions about how do we have a family? How do we keep a career in this and have it all? Can we? Was there always a sense of, well, we have to sacrifice something? Is that something that you and the girls discussed? Oh, oh, yeah, totally. Absolutely. And, I, and and honestly, that's another reason why I stepped away from AFLW because the commitment is unbelievable. Like you got to train it's four times a week between the hours of five till 10:30 at night, like on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then you got to go back on a Saturday morning at like 7am and you're there till 12. And on top of that, you work full time. Um, and then when it's in season, you're away for the weekends and, and you pretty much, you are their product and they tell you what you can and can't do. That's it. Without being compensated. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm going to be honest. I would be would have paid, paid more if I went on Centrelink than I would in the AFLW and I was the highest paid. So when we decided we were going to start trying to have a family, um, I knew that if I played AFLW, I would miss being there for Belle through her pregnancy. Uh, I would potentially miss being there and being a part of the family, being there through the early stages, which I think, like I know now, was so important as a parent to be there for. And for you, Belle, being like modelling, there's that physicality about it. I mean, for both of you, whoever carried, there's huge sacrifices. So did you have kind of fears and doubts around that? Well, I've been working since I was 15. So I think that by the time it came along, it'd been 10 years in the industry, I was more than happy to like step away and have a break. And I was also so excited to do like maternity stuff. But then because of lockdown, I didn't get to do anything. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Just sit at home and get fat every day. She did get us to do a shoot after we had Bub, but her boobs were too big oh, for yeah. the bra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she couldn't no, do it. They're, like, they're huge because of the rest of it anyway. So, so like, make bigger bras. Don't, Seriously. Not I 
wanted to take some time off and I knew that I wanted to full-time mom. We didn't want to use childcare. And that's an agreement that we both made. Um, and luckily also most been able to work from home, which has been a blessing in disguise to be so involved in everyday life, not missing any of those little moments. Yeah. Um, and at the moment, I'm just loving being, you know, hundred percent there for sphere. And that's, the, that's what we wanted. We wanted at least one of us to be there all the time. Um, and most to be as around as she possibly can, which has yeah. been amazing. And how did you approach the logistical side of it? Because this is something you have to be really organised about, the fact that getting pregnant, first of all, takes a lot of planning and organising and then how are we going to, you know, like afford a baby? Like this is a big chat that me and Adrian have to have is like, well, who's going to work and what is that going to look like? So you would have known that this was going to be a whole lot of tough discussions and decisions. So how did you approach that? Uh, I think before we had a baby, one thing that we really focused on was just saving because that's just that was super important to us to yeah. to have my, make sure we had money behind us. Again, for me personally, that kind of goes back to my childhood to make sure that you know we're we're financially secure. I think we planned that very well and we yeah. worked really hard for that. Um, so financially, we made sure we were prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. The pregnancy, trying to get pregnant and the pregnancy, nothing can prepare you for that. That was a bit of a roller coaster, yes. um, especially trying to get pregnant. Like, cause we, we had a couple of goes before we actually got pregnant and we were unsuccessful. And those times are really hard. I think it was really emotional um, as well. But in saying that, we were also very lucky to go, you know, we did two IUIs, which is only 15% chance of that working. And then went into our first round of IVF and we were actually incredibly yeah. lucky that that worked. And, and there's a lot of women try for years. Yeah. It's, it's, it's full and it's a really really full-on yeah I'm quite natural and it was like a lot for my for my brain to wrap around you know injecting myself with hormones every day and blood tests every day and it's it's a lot but totally worth it I I do think I can say also from our perspective that we we did it through Monash IVF and they were absolutely amazing they incredible they had someone that call us every time we had a no they had someone make checking on bell make sure she was okay so I feel like their process made it easier for us absolutely even though it was a bit of a roller coaster yeah and how did you take care of each other emotionally in that time I imagine that I mean, that's what love and marriage is, like finding new ways to be there for each other. So hard when you're both down and out going through something and you just need that from the other person and they need the exact same thing from you and you're like, I don't have it. And it's really about like when you do have that little bit of strength, putting in that effort and supporting your partner then and then when you're not quite feeling it, hoping that that fills their cup a little bit so they can then, you know, fill yours up as well. Um, And just being really aware of, the fact that like we weren't going through the exact same journey, but we were in it together um, and, and just definitely trying to see it from each other's perspective. I always thought that when I, you know, found out I was pregnant that I'd be anxious straight mm. away and I'd be scared. Mm. But when I peed on the stick and my husband saw it first because I was too stressed, I had to leave the room. I took off all my clothes and just started yeah. pacing naked because I knew I was pregnant. I just, this time I just yeah. knew. So I'm yeah. pacing naked and he walks out and he's holding it and he's already crying. Oh, and, I see the, and I see the lines and there was no fear at all. It was like no. just pure unbridled joy. Was yeah. it like that for you? Was there any initial like surprises of emotion? Yeah, we, for the first two IUIs, we tried for like a week to not pee on six and then we were doing it all the time. We were like, there's a faint line. I'm sure there's a line. Sending it to everyone convinced that that's happening. We pushed them the photos. There is no line. And then for the IVF, we were like, no, we're not going to do our home pregnancy test. We're going to wait for the blood test, wait for our IVF nurse to call us. 
and I was half dressed as well and we were trying to get ready to go out somewhere and Chloe called and she just because first you have to give your name and address so you have to do all that stuff first and then she goes congratulations and we just dropped to the floor and we, we were, were just, we were crying let's be honest we were just, in tears we were so happy it was the best day ever that is so so good now we do need to talk about the real star of the show because you were both you know mothers before um yes. you know you got that call from Chloe and that's our girl Vinny yeah so, I mean I can imagine that her living with you guys and um you both being in that kind of carer slash mum slash best mate slash landlord position <laughs> you know <laughs> like Mo you had a lot more experience but Belle do you feel like in a weird way you were you were more prepared for motherhood like you'd kind of already been walking that road yeah, that's something that I've always said that we are already like, you know, a mum to Vinny and that's, we. she's our priority. We always have to, you know, arrange our life so that it's all working for the three of us. So it wasn't like we had to make huge changes in that sense, you know. Um, she's, she's skipped the baby stage and she's more of like a young teenager. But in the same sense, yeah, we've always been been her mums and had to, had to put her first and yeah. think about her. And was that scary? It's the same as, you know, when you've got a kid and you think, oh, how are they going to cope? How yeah. Can we cope being four? Like logistically, yeah. emotionally, was she involved in the discussion? Like how did that kind of go down? Yeah, she oh was. Oh, my God, tell the story about um, the time when we got a no. She was, she was, she, when we told her we were trying, she was so excited, so happy, yeah. over the moon, would ask Belle every day, are you pregnant yet? Are you pregnant yet? Every day. Yeah. every day. And then the second no that we got, I remember we got and we were driving and <laughs> Vinny called Belle from school. <laughs> <laughs> Vinny called Belle from school and we just got the no. So we were a bit down and this kind of cheered us up a little bit. So Vinny called us from school and she goes to Belle and Belle was on our speaker with me she goes to Belle are you pregnant and Belle goes oh not not this time Vin. and Vinny goes Megan they're not pregnant <laughs> she yells out at school <laughs> to her whole classroom and her favorite teacher and we just like cagged up laughing we just thought it was the funniest thing in the world <laughs> um so baby arrives you come yes. home you've got this new baby Mm-hmm. What was it actually like, and was it what you expected? <laughs> Exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> Exhausting. Yeah, we were like, we were like sleep deprived. I was doing crazy ass shit in my sleep. Like, she she, oh she sleeps with the um the uh, breastfeeding pillow to you know yeah. to make her boobs more comfortable. And me, I I was so tired, and so sleep deprived. I kept waking up during the night and thinking that the pillow was the baby and I was thinking <laughs> the pillow and we're going but I'll put the baby back in the car but she's baby. like it's the pillow it's like why you need to calm down Sia is in her like crib it's, everything's fine and just to be fair that hasn't stopped like literally this week she's already like checks my face and she's like Belle Belle where's Sia because we bed share I'm like she's next to me sleeping stop waking me up everything's fine I'll tell you can I tell you the, the story behind it yeah when I was a kid, I had a um, a bird oh my God, that yeah. was my bird that would sit on my shoulder and it was like my best friend yeah, cool. and I taught it how to do everything and it was never lived in a cage and um, one night I went to sleep and it got out of its cage and got in my bed and it, I rolled on it and it... <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I woke up and I was so sad for so many weeks. Like I cried for weeks because my, my bird 
came in for a snuggle, but I was sleeping. I didn't know. She sleeps like the dead. Yeah. And so I cried for weeks and weeks and weeks. And we've bounced about, I'm I'm a phobia. I can't sleep next to Sphere because what happens if I roll? I don't want to roll on her. So now in my sleep, I wake up pulling pillows (laughs) off Belle, thinking Belle was rolling on me. (laughs) So you're adjusting to this wonderful new life. Yeah. Um, from a kind of a, a work perspective, I think a lot of – it must be weird because so many people, Mo, like see you, especially with your high-profile, you know, footy career and then Survivor, and it's this kind of glamorous, you know, like life. But mm. as we all know when we're even like 5% involved in that world, it's it's not really that glamorous at all really, <laughs> um, especially for a woman. So yeah. how did you approach the straight up work career stuff when you have to make a living, you have to get back into it? I have I worked through it. I worked through the I worked through the whole process. Like I would get up super early, get work done, be a mum, go back to work. Um, and I also try to make sure I could be there for Belle as much as I, I could. I think that women don't get the recognition or understanding they deserve. And like personally, I've seen how much Belle is up during the night feeding Sphere. I've seen how many times Sphere cries throughout the night. And I get to sleep through it, right, because I have a job. Mm. And then, you know, being a mum is is for me personally, right, I work 12-hour days. I, I'm a GM of a company. I run a company. I have 120 people that work for me. So I have a pretty crazy work life. Her job is harder, mm. right? And nobody says that. State. <laughs> nobody says that at all to women. So, and and they should. You've never seen what it takes to keep a baby alive. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's really hard for me to juggle work, trying to be a supportive wife and be a mum. I think it was so bloody exhausting because I, you know, I couldn't fail at my job. So I failed at my job, and that's our income. And I wanted to make sure, you know, baby was number one to me, equal with Belle. I also want to make sure Belle felt supported. So mm-hmm. I felt like that, you know, it's it. We went through so many ups and downs and we it's, went through we went through a stage where we looked at each other and go, holy shit, I miss you. Yeah, like, I haven't yeah. seen you. Like, we, we we still have those days. We still have those. Like, we feel like we don't see each other. That is definitely one of the hardest things yeah. becoming new parents, and I'm sure you've heard it from so many people, is that, you know, soak it up while you can, even just watching a movie. Yeah. Because it's the biggest shift ever. And I'm sure you've gone through in your pregnancy as well. Like, you just you have no space for anything but what you're going through and it was it's really hard to grasp and already being a care for Vinny and being in a relationship you kind of go into this tunnel vision I'm pregnant and that's that's all you can see and it becomes even stronger when you have a baby so for me that first like six weeks coming home it was exhausting and stuff but how I felt emotionally about life and everybody around me I really struggled with and I thought like am I ever going to feel the same again I didn't want anyone to touch the baby I didn't want anyone to touch me I was like I'm not ready to leave the house and you honestly feel like will I feel normal again and I think it would probably took at least six weeks until I started to and then you know every journey is different like Spear goes through different phases breastfeeding has a different phase like it's just about being so patient with yourself and letting go of everything. Like I, I stopped checking the, the time during the night because what's the point? It doesn't change anything. Um, I couldn't tell you how many hours of sleep she gets every night before she feeds. And, you know, if I, if I had kind of tuned into my intuition a little bit um, sooner, I would have bed shared sooner and, and followed that path because it's something that really aligns with us. Um, and for me, I can just roll over and feed her during the night. Like I wasted so much time getting up, changing nappies, resettling when my baby just wants to be next to me and that's yeah. the easiest thing for me. So now we have, can I just explain to you our bed <laughs> configuration? We have a king bed, right? And attached to it is a king single. So our bed takes up our whole room. <laughs> 
And guess who sleeps on the king single? Oh, it's not Thea. Her name doesn't start with S. <laughs> You're a goddess, Mo. That's a lot of bed. Yeah, it's yeah. like three and a half metres. Yeah. But it works. And I think that's the biggest thing is just there's so many do this, so much advice, oh. and people will tell you opposite things. Like don't make sure you don't pump straight away and then an hour later pump straight away and you're like. <laughs> it's so annoying, right? It's so annoying that everyone you know tries to, to tell you do something different and everyone says read this book, listen to this podcast or two different people give you two different opinions or someone slides into your DM and says don't do that with your kid, it's not okay. Or, don't kiss your kid on the lips, you don't know what's going to happen. Try getting vaccinated, yeah. then you'll get some DMs. I'll give you the hot tip. i got my experience with that. Yeah. yeah, but everyone, and you know what? The best advice I got in the DM was stuff it all, your mother instincts will take over. Yeah, and honestly, once we did that, our life became so much more easy and we weren't so stressed. So, if I had to give you any advice, it would be to stop reading, yeah, or you know, you know, educate yourself, of course, but stop right. reading on how what you should and shouldn't yeah. do because your mother instincts will just go. This is what my baby wants because it all depends on your baby. What does your baby want? And is your mother's intuition generally on the same wavelength? Yeah. I mean, especially when Sphere was younger, Mo was so in tune with like everything that was going on. Like she's really good at observing people and learning that way. Mm. That's why I was good on Survivor. She was, yeah. (laughs) I'm good at reading people. I can pick up on things pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. We do work really well together. Yeah. And then you just learn like through also through breastfeeding, like you become like one person. (laughs) So I just know what every little grizzle means. So beautiful. It's just crazy to me that now, I mean, like it's up to you if you have more and who has the baby, but I'm just so interested to know that if Mo, if it's your turn next, how different the experience will be. Like to me, that's just like so cool. Yeah. Well, um, fun fact is we're waiting for my period for me to inseminate. So um, I'll be next. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. So, yeah, we, we're going to have three babies, three babies. Yeah. Um, I'll have the next one and then I'll have the third one as long as I don't have twins. <laughs> oh, Do you know, I when I had my first, like my second scan, she was like, oh, and the egg came from the like left ovary. And she was, oh, and another one came from the right. So I had double ovulated, but my husband's sperm was too weak, as I told him. He's done the one pregnancy. So do you feel, Mo, like going into it as a second-time mum, first-time carrier, I imagine you'd feel prepared but completely unprepared. Yeah, like prepared because I watch Belle go through it, but I'm prepared because I don't know how it feels. That's why I say to Belle every day, I don't know what you're going through when you sit up all night and breastfeed. I don't know what you feel when you breastfeed. I can see it, but I don't know what it feels (laughs) like. Um, so for me, I'm so excited to now know how it feels like, fingers crossed. Um, but I feel my family's very fertile, so I feel like um, I'm hoping I also got that gene. Um, but I'm excited to go through it. I feel like, again, uh, and this is just my opinion, if you want to and you have the option and you, you want to be a mum, going through that pregnancy stage is one of the greatest gifts of life, one of the most specialist things ever. You're literally growing a human in your stomach. That is unbelievable. Um, but you don't have to love it. Yeah. <laughs> the pregnancy, the baby you do, but the pregnancy yeah. you don't have to yeah. love. <laughs> you love the baby, you don't have to love pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> You're also in a unique position where, like, my husband, when I complain about it, something, he can never understand. And sometimes no, he'll, like... So excited to be able to like, yeah, I get it. Like, I know exactly what you're yeah. going through. And I want to feel for Mo because she's going to be a 
first time carrying mum, but also already be on. So she won't have that like, everyone just wait on me and I can do it. I can't wait. I'm just going to be like, I'll have a McFlurry from Macca's. Uh." Well, you're not supposed to have McFlurries because who knew you weren't supposed to have soft serves? I'd had 10 before I found out. Don't even tell her that. Yeah, whatever. We're meatless macaroons at numerous points. Yeah, we we go to Macca's and we get the uh, cheeseburger meal without the patty. It's hilarious. Things you do. Well, gals, um, I'm so excited for you. I think it's incredible how you've worked so hard to build this life for yourselves and build a life that works for you on your own terms and you've taken – you know, the best and the worst of your childhoods and, you know, put it into something really beautiful. I think not a lot of people get that opportunity and not many people that intentional about it. So congratulations. Well done. You should be really proud of the life you've built. Thank you so Thank much. You. Appreciate it. How much do we love Mo and Belle? Just so much joy radiating out of the both of them. And I can't wait to watch that beautiful family continue to expand. That's it for this episode of the Ask London podcast, New Mum Who Dis. Next week, I'll be chatting with Green Senator Larissa Waters, mum to two who went viral worldwide for simply feeding her child on the boob in Parliament like a boss. If you like today's episode and want to support the project, I would love it if you'd subscribe and leave a review. But more importantly, and so many of you guys have been doing this with some great suggestions for future guests, which I am all about, um, shoot me an email, hello at ash.london. Big love, guys. I'll catch you next week. Today's episode was sponsored by my mates and Moddy Body. Audio production on the Ash London podcast is by Dom Evans. Research by Maddie Hewson. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.